Keeping you up to date on the world of social media. Industry experts, innovators, creators, storytellers, and the latest social media tools, tips, and tactics. This is Social Media News Live. Hello, folks. Welcome to Social Media News Live, where we keep you up to date on what's happening in the world of social media. We're talking with industry experts, innovators, creators, and storytellers about the latest social media tools, tips, and tactics. And we broadcast live so you can ask your questions that matter the most to you and your business. So, But I first wanted to introduce my uh, intrepid uh, person with me, Eric Fisher. He is amazing. He is the host of Beyond the To-Do List, and he has been doing this for i think like eight years but he's also the uh director of the um the school at agora pulse what talk about that a little bit eric yeah, so I'm the director of social media education at Agora Pulse, at, which means that I'm heading up our partnership with the Social Media Manager School, which is a great place that you can go to get social media training. In fact, we have a free access version of the school where you can get over 70 plus hours. It's about to actually reach over 100 plus hours of training. Jeff's in there and a bunch of other people, and it's a great way to get started. So go to Social Media Manager School to check that out. Awesome. Thanks, Eric. He's going to, he's always gives us great insight, but, but I'm so excited because I've been wanting to have her on for such a long time is Luria Petrucci. We're going to be talking to, like I said, about YouTube's $30 billion payout to creators, artists, and media organizations over the past three years, hashtag landing pages and new YouTube metrics. But if you don't, for some reason, know who Luria is. She is a live video strategist. She's helping you create professional live videos that are uniquely you. And for over 14 years, Luria has created over 5,000 videos with over 1 billion, with a B, billion with a B, viewer views using video and live streaming shows. She's appeared on CNN, NBC, Fox, and NBC, MSNBC, ABC, all the alphabet. She's been there. She's worked on live video for top brands like AT&T, Samsung, GoDaddy, and Panasonic. And live streaming pros has built live video studios for top influencers like Amy Porterfield, Pat Flynn, Donald Miller, Michael Hyatt. If, if they have a cool studio, Luria's probably had her hand in it. So I've learned a ton for her. Luria, thank you so much and welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I was, you know, hurt that you didn't invite me sooner. Well, hey, we just started. Come on, give me a break. Yeah. So, so this first piece of news that I want to talk about is the, that YouTube paid over $30 billion to creators in the last three years. So according to this letter published by uh, C, uh, the CEO, Susan uh, Wojcicki, I think I pronounced that right, she had, YouTube has paid out more than $30 billion to creators, artists, and media organizations. So... Um, what had happened is this number of the new channels that joined YouTube's partner program, which of course allows people to uh, have advertising revenue, it doubled in 2020. And YouTube has said that it's contributed approximately 16 billion to the US uh, uh, GDP in t uh, 2019, which is equal to like 345,000 full-time jobs. So, um, and this is one of the reasons I want to ask you some questions, Lori, is that in the first half of the year, they reported that daily uh, live streams grew by 45% on YouTube. And they were talking about from artists performing in their living rooms to uh, churches even doing services on there. And um, they're, they wanted, they're really highlighting they grew this creator, creator uh, economy. So here's my question to you. If you're not already broadcasting to YouTube, can you catch up and is there, what is your strategy to catch up or is it too late for you to, to get on the YouTube bandwagon? 
yeah, you know what? Just give up. Just forget <laughs> about it. Move on. Right. Go somewhere else. No, of course not. Um, you know, it, it, I, I hate the word catch up because that puts a lot of pressure on people to perform quicker. And, you know, you're going to be starting maybe a little late and that's okay. You know, I, um, it, we have all, we all start somewhere and we all start at some point. So if now is the right time for you, then now is the right time for you. So get started and just go in with strategy and intention and understand what it is you're trying to accomplish outside of, I want views. Like, right. great. Okay. What, what do you actually want? <laughs> what do you want to accomplish? What do you want to offer? What do you want your viewers to take away from you? Um, and, and, and what mission are you trying to help them accomplish? Right? So be very intentional about your processes and you'll do just fine. Some people are going to, you know, see quicker success than others. And that's just part of this process. I've been doing this stuff for 15 years and I've had to start over from scratch a couple of times and it is all okay at the end of the day. So don't worry about catching up. Just worry about getting started and doing the right things. Um, and just doing, just Doing is all that really truly matters uh, so that you can play a part in this community. Mm, great points. It gives us hope, I guess. So <laughs> I try. Okay. So then let's, let's see if we can't give some more hope here. Um, so if, if it's not too late to get started for somebody who is going to get started, what kind of starting off baseline in terms of, uh, you know, how do I need to create content to be able to show up in YouTube to establish my audience? So you, so if you're on YouTube, you don't, you can just do live streaming in certain cases. However, you're going to want to mix in most cases, you're going to want to mix a, a recorded video strategy with a live stream strategy. Um, and so you want to rec do recorded video uploads. Keep in mind, YouTube is search based, right? So we want to create content that is searchable. Um, and you know, there are the outliers like musicians who can, or doing live performance. Like that's not going to be necessarily searchable content unless you're doing covers of popular uh, bands, which is totally fine as well to get yourself started and up and running. Um, but you want to think about being consistent. So YouTube needs you out there at least once a week at least. Um, but I would love to see you do, uh, one recorded video and a live stream, you know, uh, a week, and you can play those two things together. Uh, you're going to be, you're going to need to really think about, uh, what your live stream is going to be about. So a lot of times if you have engagement and if you have a viewership, uh, you can use that as a community-based tool to connect with your community. But if you're just getting started, you're no, you don't have a community yet. And so you need to work your way up to that. And you need to create searchable content from your live streams as well. So if you're doing a recorded video that's you've done all the title research and the keyword research and you've put a lot of effort into that, you're going to do the same on your live stream so that people are getting value and can find that video after the fact of that live video being over. So you're training your audience that you do live, but you may not have anybody joining you live for a little while. And that's okay too. Hmm. 
That's interesting. So I, I think one of the questions I have, so like in this letter, the YouTube CEO said that, you know, we mentioned that the live streams grew by 45% this year. Um, but more than a half a million channels live stream for the first time in 2020. That's a big jump. Um, and the first time streamers accounted for more than 10 million streams on the platform. So I guess my question is, there's so many options for where you can go live. I mean, here we're going live everywhere because we're nerds and we like to do this kind of stuff. But what is the advantage of people uh, live streaming on YouTube versus other platforms? Do Should I start with one and establish like, okay, this is my YouTube channel and then I'm going to start doing live streams on YouTube or should... Should I go? It's easier to do multicasting. Now, what are your, what's your um, thoughts on that? So if you're searching for the right platform, I'm okay with you. And this is a, a new strategy that I'm okay with people doing. Um, simulcasting to a variety of different platforms mm -hmm. just to find out where your traction is. Um, I don't really recommend simulcasting for simulcasting's sake. Um, so if you're going to try and figure out, because, you know, I can offer you all the tips and strategies about what platform to choose based on your content, um, but it, it may not be a hit right away. So sometimes you want to kind of feel it out. Like, is my audience over here on Facebook or are they on it? you know, um, YouTube or where are they? Should I go to Twitch? Uh, who's going to pick up on this content? Um, so it's okay to kind of do some testing and simulcast out to everywhere, uh, and just learn. But, uh, then I want you to focus once you find your platform of choice, then you need to focus on building that platform. Um, you know, there are pros and cons to simulcasting. And, and, and these days, you know, the softwares that we use bring the conversation into a single place. So you're not dividing your attention. However, if you are using certain things like I use YouTube Super Chat, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then Facebook is left out and they're like, what, what's this thing happening? Mm -hmm. um, and or how do I do that? Or how do I, you know, participate in that? So there can be some disconnects that you need to be very aware of and very clearly offer guidance to your audience if you're going to simulcast. Awesome. Eric, before you ask the next question, I want to follow up because there's a great comment because I think it proves our point is uh, Randall over on LinkedIn says, hey, I know Loria Petrucci, just subscribe to her YouTube channel. So there's one of the cool things about um, uh, the, the live streaming is like, I would think that, you know, Loria has a big presence on YouTube and I figured that's where people would connect with her. But it's it's you. That's the cool thing about multicasting to different places. You can you can yeah. bring other people on. So I thought that was a great point. So sorry to interrupt. No, I love it. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, I want to go back to the money for a second, because when I first read this headline that YouTube paid over 30 billion to creators the last three years, uh, something stuck out to me. One, it's a huge number. Two, that it was Google money and not just the YouTube industry. And I thought about what are these other people that are doing things to raise money on YouTube? And then also as a podcaster, my mind went, wait, what's the corresponding number in terms of the podcast industry? And let me say that I looked it up real quick. And in 2020, um, the podcast industry, and this is specifically advertising, was about one billion. So a lot smaller for just one of these years. And it got me thinking, okay, there are a lot of podcasters who are making money outside of advertising. So let's bring that question back into this question, this conversation when it comes to YouTube. So Luria, I'm, I'm a little curious, what are some of the ways that 
you or others encourage your audience when they're just getting started to think at first, but as well as long term, how to make money or bring in revenue off YouTube if they don't feel like they want to just be aiming for taking that YouTube, that Google money that we're talking about here. Right. I mean, honestly, let's not rely on Google AdSense for our, for our YouTube channel, right? Um, it's, it can be good. It can be good money, but it can also take a very, very long time for that to actually be any good money. Um, in the beginning, I want you to be thinking like a business with your content creation, right? And, and, and some people go into the content creation with um, just wanting to create content. And if you can approach it from a business perspective or mindset, um, while also not just making money, like you've also got to focus on your community and value and creating amazing content. Excuse me, hold on. Um, you want to be able to uh, have both mindsets connected together, right? So as we're talking about money, I have a whole video on my YouTube channel, by the way, that goes over like seven different ways to make money um, through your live streaming. Uh, one of the ways is affiliate programs. Uh, this can be a really powerful way to start making money quicker um, because, you know, if you, it's, it's always going to take time to build an audience. It's always going to take time to bring revenue in from variety of different sources. Um, but affiliate marketing can definitely be a huge benefit to you. It's a snowball effect as all of these things are. Um, and so maybe at first it's going to be coffee money at first mm -hmm. it's going to you know, then maybe it'll snowball into uh, your electricity bill or, <laughs> you know, then it starts to actually become something over time. I know that we were struggling for a while to get our affiliates, um, you know, just past a couple thousand dollars. And then all of a sudden it snowballed in and now it's 30% of our revenue on a monthly basis. Um, and so that's, it can be a really powerful thing. So affiliate marketing offers you the ability to talk about the tech that you use and link to Amazon or um, connect with like epidemic sound is one of my favorite uh, mm -hmm. things to be an affiliate for because it's such amazing music that's royalty free or that we're paying for the license and you don't get copyright strikes. Uh, Ecamm is a fantastic example of an affiliate program, right? So there are multiple, you have to look at it from your perspective of what's good for me and my audience. What's the right fit. You don't want to sign up to every affiliate program out there. You want to keep it focused so that you can provide massive value, create videos around those topics and those uh, offerings. And then, you know, you encourage your audience to use your link and you can snowball that effect. And that can be just, this is one of my favorite ways to get started without a big audience. Hmm. So I have a couple of follow-up <laughs> questions after your, <laughs> those comments. Um, so the, the first one, you mentioned a, a large percentage of, of affiliate revenue. It took you a while to get there, but it went up there. Was that, is that all YouTube? Is that mainly where it comes from or is it just the whole thing? Do you mean uh, the traction that we're, that well, we're where, is your, is your income mostly coming from YouTube affiliates or is it just all your live video, that per, that big percentage you mentioned? All of the live video. Um, but it also, um, I don't think we're currently running any ads to our affiliate programs, but we have tested that, uh, 
and then also emails and things like mm-hmm. that. So I, I, I focus on distribution of, of, <laughs> you know, um, sources and distribution of, um, monetization efforts. Um, so, but YouTube is the primary way we gain an audience and the primary way that we're getting the traction with the clicks to the links and all of that. So that's our, that's our, I would say the primary place, but not the only place. So that, so I want to circle also back and, and dig a little deeper because of the, your live streaming excellence um, and expertise is, is, can you just start a new channel and just do live streaming or YouTube, or do you have to have the uploaded videos um, to build your channel before the live streaming on YouTube uh, is effective. Can you have one, can you go live stream on YouTube without having, you know, an established, you know, uploaded channel kind of brand? Does that make sense? Yeah, you can like the gamers do this, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Don't have established recorded video YouTube channel and they focus solely on gaming and that's all live. Um, musicians, like you said earlier, they do that as well. So there, it depends on, one, the topic, and it secondly depends on what you're wanting to train your audience and the YouTube algorithm for. Um, I don't really recommend only live streaming because the recorded videos do sometimes perform better, um, even on a replay. I don't know what's wrong with me today. That's all right. <laughs> you're allergic to Eric. That's probably what it is. <laughs> Let's call it that, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, you want to kind of mix that strategy in is is my personal opinion on training the algorithm but you do need to train your audience as well that there are some live videos and there are some recorded videos now obviously the live videos are going to be much longer Mm -hmm. um ideally uh than the recorded videos and that can throw the algorithm off um and so you need to be intentional about which videos you leave up uh maybe repurpose some of that content uh, unlist some of the content if it's not going to be a good opportunity for new subscribers. So my Friday live streams are open Q and A's. They're very community oriented. We goof off. We have a lot of fun. Um, I don't leave those up for the general public to find because no one's going to search live streaming tech or whatever, like live streaming, whatever they're looking Mm for. Um, and then watch like, an open Q and a for an hour and a half or two hours. Uh, that that's not likely for that intention to match. And so I really think through what is this video, this video's purpose before I even create the title and description. Uh, I know exactly what I'm going to do with it after the fact with the replay. So I have different intentions for different days of the week that I stream and I do different things with those before and after. Gotcha. So I want to bring up, sorry, Eric, I'm going to interrupt you one more time, (laughs) but Ian brings up a great question. Um, He goes, some people recommend that you have a different channel for your live streams. I prefer a mix, but is that problematic? What is your thoughts on that, Luria? No, don't, don't do that. Okay. (laughs) Uh, There only, only start a new channel when you have a billion, you know, subscribers on YouTube on your first channel, Mm -hmm. (laughs) a billion exaggerating, but you, you have to have a reason and a purpose for starting a second channel because it's much harder to manage two channels and get an audience for two channels than it is for one channel. Um, you just don't want to, you just don't want to overload that one channel with 
all the things. So the reason to start a second channel is one, if it's completely different content and it's not the same audience intention. Uh, Second, if you are a big YouTuber and you have gained this huge audience and they love your content and you want to start diving into, which goes to the first one, a little bit of a different type of content, then you'll have momentum to be able to bring over some of those uh, people into a second channel. It's, it's really not beneficial to you to start a second channel just for live streaming. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks for that question, Ian. I appreciate that. Yeah, good one. All right, let's talk about this next news item because this I think is, I'm actually kind of fascinated by this. So basically up until, well, I don't know when they started, it's been it's been a year and a half, two years plus maybe when YouTube started using hashtags and having that be something that you know was part of the, the ecosystem. But starting this month, they're saying that anybody clicking on a specific hashtag on YouTube, uh, either on desktop or mobile, that's good, we'll see a new dedicated page that only contains videos with that hashtag, and they're going to be sorted to keep the, quote, best videos at the top. Now, be- what they say by best or what they mean by best, that's open to interpretation for sure. But uh, this is really interesting. Luria, I'm interested to get your take. Have you seen this? Have you clicked on them? And, I mean, we could dive into hashtag strategy now that this is part of it, but what's your first impressions here? I was very disappointed not to see my video at the top of the page, but um, (laughs) so um, I, I think that's that's actually a really nice addition for two years or however long it's been. We have been putting hashtags in our content for no good reason. It felt like, you know, like this is the thing to do. But what's the point? It's really not that helpful. Um, And now they've given a purpose for those hashtags, in my opinion. So, um, yeah, I like and that will probably change my entire hashtag strategy, because right now we've been doing live streaming pros, the name of the channel as one hashtag and you can have three. Um, And that was just kind of like that was kind of what everybody said, put the name of your channel in Mm -hmm. there. And I'm not sure that's going to do as much good with this new dashboard type searchability. So I'll be thinking a a lot about that and and playing with different options there. Um, But yeah, maybe, maybe it kind of makes us all more intentional about the hashtags that we're using, but it also offers um, more gamification of the system of hashtags (laughs) for people who to, um, play tricks on the YouTube algorithm. (laughs) So it it can go either way. (laughs) So I guess that was my question. So, you know, they said that the hashtag landing pages are accessed through clicking on a tag on YouTube, but not by doing a hashtag search. And to me, YouTube is a search engine. So without a search feature, how do you know what hashtags are popular or trending right now? Is there a way to to figure that out? I, I couldn't see one. Not that I've found. So uh, I, I'm guessing that's going to be something that will come later. Um, but it, obviously they're taking their their sweet time with this hashtag stuff. But uh, yeah, I don't I don't know. And, and how many people are actually going to search the hashtags or click on a hashtag from a video at the uh, we put them at the bottom of our video description and maybe we should move those to towards the top so that people can click on them more. Mm, my question is what what we'll be looking at is you know with um 
should we kind of think about hashtags like we think about playlists um, and maybe create a bunch of videos with the same exact hashtag. That way we have more chances of rising to the top of that dashboard. Um, that's a possibility as or, well. Or branded hashtags. Like if you did the live streaming pros one, that would make sense that then they could get all your, they clicked on it, would get all your videos. I don't know. I'm just. Yeah. I don't know if anyone's going to do that. You let us know in the comments. Would you even do that? If you find some a channel that you like, would you click on a hashtag if you saw that easily to go to a dashboard that has all of their videos or would you just go to the channel page? Or the, yeah, or the playlist. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. I was thinking actually that what's funny is that somebody, I mean, if, if, if live streaming pros has been using that hashtag, that branded hashtag, which is a, a quote, best practice that people say on hashtags across all platforms. The, the, the interesting thing then is to see who else starts using your hashtag to then get in, get their stuff seen with your stuff. Right. So mm -hmm. this almost seems like you mentioned gamifying. It almost feels like a gamification for people who, want to be seen with you versus you branding all your own stuff. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. Oh. And oh, I was going to say something. Well, Scott yeah, says this. I thought this is a great point. He goes, my son watches YouTube only on our living room via our Amazon uh, Fire TV. So we don't even see hashtags or descriptions. So, you know, yeah. you know, when we have these fragmented people where people are watching, is it going to matter in the first place? So very, very interesting. It'll be interesting to see how this plays out. So, yeah. By the way, I would be remiss if I did not mention our awesome sponsor, Ecamm. At, uh, you can find out more about them at socialmedianewslive.com forward slash Ecamm, and that's E-C-A-M-M. -M. If you're wondering how in the world I'm doing all this crazy stuff going on in the background and all these cameras and everything, oh man, Ecamm e has made it super easy with their custom overlays. I know Luria, I mean, I, I mean, I went to her channel, I bought her courses, I've done all this stuff. This is really easy compared to what it used to be back in the day. So, <laughs> so uh, if you if you're interested in any sort of live streaming, make sure you guys go check them out at uh, social media news live forward uh, social media news live.com forward slash ecam, uh, and I would really appreciate that. But thank you to ecam for their sponsorship. So, this last bit of news, this last story we want to cover is um, YouTube has kind of explained this new shorts thing, and they're talking about some analytics on how to measure views and all this stuff. So inside the creator, in, in this new creator insider video, they gave some uh, specific insight on how shorts are measured and how they will impact channel analytics. So uh, now uh, apparently, and I have not tested this yet myself, but all users can upload shorts clips, and those are short vertical videos that are maximum of 60 seconds in length. Um, you can, and here's another thing, you hit the hashtag shorts in the title or description. Um, and they said that may boost discovery views of your video. But um, you, we talked a, bit, a little bit before this and you haven't used it too much, Luria, but are you gonna use shorts? Is that gonna be part of your strategy? Um, it seems like everybody has to have stories, any platform, even Pinterest now has them. So what are your thoughts on YouTube shorts? You know, I um, haven't, my, like I said earlier, my schedule has just been insane lately. And so I just haven't really had the focus to be able to, to use them. But it is something that I would like to actually put into our strategy. Um, and I think that what I'm kind of thinking about is more behind the scenes type of stuff in addition to short little tips. Um, and a lot of people are getting behind the scenes works for me for my content because mm -hmm. people love to get 
out of the gear, right? And so when they see behind the scenes of gear, uh, it intrigues them to the point where they want to watch more. So that works uh, as a really good strategy for me. Um, and I think it can work really well for most people, even if your content isn't you know, about gear type of thing. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I think a combination of behind the scenes and then t like short little tips. Uh, 15 seconds, 10 seconds um, can be really challenging to deliver without editing. Um, and so you kind of have to get good at that short form delivery unless you want to actually edit your videos and make it a big production thing. <laughs> so that's not happening <laughs> so um yeah but I, I i'll definitely be putting them into practice people are seeing a lot of success with them and i'm i'm way late to the game on that one but hey i was i wasn't late to the game on clubhouse so there you go. <laughs> i'll so, be curious go uh, ahead Eric, go ahead, go ahead. No, i'll, I'll, I'll be curious to see what are you doing Anyway, uh, I'll be curious to see if uh, these shorts can be used or cross-posted into other places like uh, other platforms that have stories or Instagram reels or even TikTok. Um, but again, that there you go with the pros and cons of that, whether that's a good idea or not. What do you think? I mean, you can download your video and share it to a different platform. Um, if your strategy is... I, I like to create platform specific content. That's what I kind of preach at the same time. I don't always do as I preach, um, <laughs> but, you know, cause we get lazy as content creators. We all get a little lazy. There's so many different platforms. And so you just, you do need to, at the end of the day, whether you're going to be lazy about it or not, you do need to make sure that it's the right strategy for that platform, uh, you know, and make sure that you understand TikTok versus Instagram stories versus YouTube stories and what works best for that. And sometimes that takes practice and playing and just understanding where you're getting traction on what kind of content and then adjusting. So maybe you don't share every single thing the same across those different uh, stories, shorts, whatever we're calling it. Um, and maybe you learn that TikTok likes this type of content from you. And so you only upload that, but then YouTube shorts likes that type and something else. And so you do a combo over there. You know, you, you kind of have to experiment. Content creation is all about experimentation at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. So what do you think about this? You know, this is kind of some related news to this. Uh, the press release they put out is that YouTube added some new data insights to highlight video performance in the first 24 hours of posting. So what it's doing, it's providing key insights and reach and resonance with your audience. It's, it's showing you what the algorithm is looking at to, you know, that might, you may want to amplify that content that's kind of done well with viewers. So have you played with that metric? I mean, you get so many conflicted things from like, okay, do short videos on YouTube. Use these, this new short feature. No, but you want to at least have a, a video about three minutes long. So, and it's time watched and it's all this stuff. And I'm like, which, which metric matters? What am I supposed to do, Luria? Well, I see Rob in the house from TubeBuddy. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> uh, and I, I, that's, that's something that I'm going to be diving way deeper into over the next month and content that we're producing is looking at those metrics. Um, you know, you watch time is important. Um, the visibility, the, the click through rates, things like that are very, very important. Um, so you don't, you definitely don't need to pay attention to 
all of the stats. Um, but definitely, I like the fact that they're giving us a little bit of visibility into like, this thing is performing really well. So pay attention mm. to that. And mm. if it is performing really well, you need to lean into that. And one thing that you can do is uh, promote that on social, in your email list, other ways um, when you see traction happening on a particular video, uh, that way it increases that traction, which is going to exponentially increase your results from that that one video. I have a, I have a, had a video that I didn't do any of the normal promotion for last weekend that I released, and it bombed. Mm. Um, and, and that's because I. Um, I didn't do any promotion for it, but it also just, for whatever reason, the algorithm didn't love it. And, you know, yeah, I have to go back and tweak that, things like that, I have to give it more promotion. So you're wanting to give promotion to both things that bomb and things that do well. Um, and you, But on the things that bomb, you need to actually tweak things, uh, but you don't want to touch something that's doing really well. So you need to be very aware of um, what you're touching and what you're not based on those analytics as well. Awesome. Well, before we wrap things up and, um, you know, we asked where we can find all you about you and all that stuff, but I, I, I produced guys Kawasaki's podcast and he asked a question. He started using it in all his things now, and I'm totally stealing it from him. So I'm going to ask you this. Is there a question that we should ask you that we didn't, is there something that we, we should have asked you during this interview that we did not uh. <laughs> that you think is important <laughs> about YouTube strategy, I guess. Um, oh, okay. About the YouTube strategy. Um, <laughs> um, I, I, I would just say, I mean, we talked a lot about intention and stuff, right? Um, and I, I want you to really, really hear that when it comes to YouTube strategy, whether we're talking recorded videos or live streams, the intention of your video is massively, massively important. And so you need to, um, think through those different options. Um, and, and I, I like to look at whether your, uh, intention is community or whether it's, um, education. Uh, I look at it from a piece perspective. So it's the first piece of the puzzle, uh, when you're creating content P I E C E. Um, so P is play. Are you going to be playing? Is that your intention? Uh, game shows, gaming, things like that. Um, or are you going to, I'm trying to remember this on the fly here. <laughs> are, uh, I, inspiration, or is your content inspirational? That's going to be a different intention and different structure, different keywords, different after the fact, um, you know, uh, processes. Um, e, educate. Uh, are you educating? Then we have C, community or your sole focus is building that community and connecting to the community members or the last e being um <laughs> uh. hold, on, hold on hold on entertain uh. <laughs> i just this is a new thing that i'm teaching <laughs> i was like wait 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 i got it um entertain uh so if you look at the intention of the first piece of that puzzle uh what are you doing with your content? Really think through that and create content around that so that you know exactly what you're doing up front before you ever live stream and you know exactly what you're doing during the stream and after the stream. Mm. 
Good stuff. Let's see how good you did on the fly with that tough question at the end. That was awesome. So um, before we wrap things up, Lori, where can people find out more about you and your services and what you teach? And this, this, that was, that was worth the price of admission right there. That whole last thing you just did. So very, very cool. Um, head on over to, since we're talking about YouTube, youtube.com slash live streaming pros. And, uh, I'm live four days a week, Tuesday through Friday, 10 AM Pacific, um, with tech talk, strategy talk, being better on camera, uh, all the things you need in your toolbox for live streaming successfully. Awesome. Thank you so much, Luria, for being here today. And Eric, um, where can people find about you and your awesome podcast and all the stuff that you do? Yeah, check out uh, beyondthetodolist.com for the podcast and check out Social Media Manager School for my work over at Agora Pulse. And uh, I hope to see you soon. Awesome. And with that, you guys, appreciate you guys uh, being here with us today and this awesome experiment we're doing also on Clubhouse. Our next show is Friday, February 5th, 2021 at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Central. You can find us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube. And now we're actually a podcast. Uh, it finally went through on Apple uh, iTunes. We'd love for you guys to go there and subscribe and leave a review. Google's coming. It's just taking a while, but I don't know what's going on. Anyway, thank you guys so much for watching. Thank you for all you guys in the comments, and we will We'll talk to you next time. Bye now. Social Media News Live.